hello and welcome to Dear Patriot Podcast. This is the Gaslit Workers Guide to Conquering the Corporate World. We are two sisters armed with facts and statistics, and we're destigmatizing the plight of the working person. I'm Lisa. I'm Jenny. And the guest for this week's episode is Gonzi. She's the founder of SaskPath, which is a brilliant, sustainable, ethical British brand whose clothes are amazing and are designed to uplift you while keeping you grounded. Gonzi specializes in what she calls sassy positivity, which is sweet designs mixed with savage honesty. And we hope that you enjoy this fantastic conversation about trying to balance motherhood with paid and unpaid work and pursuing feminism in all things that you do. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned. Gonzi, thank you so much for making time to make this happen. I know we tried and then it didn't work. And now we're trying again. And we're very hopeful that this will work. We don't have guests on our show that often because it's very difficult to organize our schedules, let alone anybody else's, which obviously you've seen. So I just want to say thank you. First well, I want to say thank you guys, because I um, I just love your podcast. And I love your content on Instagram and it is very aligned with what Sasquatch is doing. And um, yeah, thank you for asking me to do this. It's so great that we finally got this to work. I'm so excited. Okay, who's our extra special guest? I'm Gonzi and I'm the founder of Sasquatch. Uh, I'm a mother of two and I work full time as well. Oh my goodness. So you have four jobs at least. It's a lot. It's a lot. Have you... So have you read the, the statistic that was done that being a mother is a two and a half uh, job job effectively? So you're working two and a half jobs already. I love that. Yeah, one. I mean, I fully believe it. I don't need to see the data. <laughs> I believe it. You can feel it in your soul. Gosh, every every fiber of me feels it. It's, it's like the most beautiful because I'm the first out of all of my friends um to have children and I always describe it as like the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to me but also the most like traumatizing as well yeah Yeah. (laughs) like physically mentally emotionally also do you find if you didn't deal with your childhood trauma or your ancestral familial trauma (laughs) before you had children Congratulations, babe. You're going to deal with it now. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's another thing that I say. I just think go to therapy while you can before you have children. Because, I mean, I am currently in therapy and have been since since the end of last year. But, yeah, yeah, I feel like you're definitely doing double the work um, when you've got children. The work within yourself when you've got children. Trying to handle them in a way that isn't like how you had been handled or whatever but then if you're not kind of getting to the root of the way that you are then it's not you're going to be doing double the work with your children yeah Yeah. that thing of catching yourself in the cycle of repeating things that were done to you or behaviors that were shown to you is normal and or acceptable I guess is a better word Mm -hmm. and you kind of go I really didn't want to do this and you're like well it's a good thing I got therapy this week because I couldn't really talk about <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I, my husband and I are really into uh, the series This Is Us. I don't know if you guys have watched it. I haven't watched it yet. But it's just incredible. It's very wholesome and it talks about kind of all aspects of life and it's concentrating on this family. And one of the episodes, one of the, um, uh, one of the men was about to become a father and um, he was in the supermarket in a panic. I think he's getting something for his wife who was in labor. And he bumped into, you know, another customer 
and he was like, I'm, I'm about to become a father. Do you have any last minute advice? And this man was like, well, the thing is, you'll try so hard to, to make your children become these people, to teach mm. them all about the way of life. But actually, the most important lesson is that they will show you who you are. And I thought oh that was God. just like spot on. Don't worry about <laughs> trying to show them how to be. They'll show you who you are. <laughs> There's something so, so yeah. profound about that because I think that kids are so terrifying because they're so honest. And because my, mm. my oldest are six and seven now. And sometimes they say, mom, I need to tell you something. And like, sometimes when I can feel that it's heavy, I'm kind of like, oh God, what's coming? Um, <laughs> but they're so honest that I feel like I've, they've, my kids have helped me like identify some places where I needed boundaries or places that were just really unhealthy because seeing my children interact and then react in a, in an honest way has been so powerful and so educational for me because I think we are so programmed to like process things in a certain way. Like, Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, whatever. Like all the patriarchal bullshit, you know, like when your kids, when you're viewing it through the lens of your children, it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh wait, this has to stop now. Yeah. It's constantly putting that filter in your head or in your mouth of what kind (laughs) of adult do I want my children to become? And like, taking yourself out of the moment of, oh, she's having a tantrum and this is this is not okay. But it's like, actually, how are you going to handle it in a way that this person is going to become a healthy, functioning yeah. adult who treats other people with respect is something that really helps me in the yeah. tough moment. <laughs> <laughs> we, we both, Jenny, both Jenny and I really love uh, Manifest Destiny. We follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. And has helped so much with giving yourself grace in the moment. And then also taking the kind of lens of a very old school, traditional child rearing, which I think we definitely, Jenny, you and I have, I wouldn't definitely put this big big on, but you're shaking, you're nodding your head. So I'm guessing you can put it in place where you spank kids when they get out of line and fear is a really powerful tool for controlling behavior and things like that as well. Shame. Oh, so much shame. Yeah. So much calling like you're lazy, you're a lot like all those things where you kind of yeah. think, I don't want to be that. But it's really hard in the moment to give yourself a, a grace and a distance from that from that conversation and that journey that you are coming from is yeah, she's been great for that. But um, amazing. I'll yeah. check that out. Right. So what we were supposed to be talking about <laughs> was about Sasquatch. Yeah. I have got one of my amazing tops on which women are you not? A- Can I just tell you, women love this shirt. Men don't like it. <gasps> oh, wait, men don't like something that like is truthful about how things are. Oh, interesting. That's a big surprise. I when Shot I wa- when I wear this on my, like my my casual Fridays, yeah, I get women going like yes, yeah, and then I get a lot of like mm, from mm. men, which makes I think me realize I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it is really interesting because recently I changed the description of the Sasquatch Instagram to throw it on, and you'll see people either think or smile or talk or change which is the ideal option. But yeah. it's not really designed to be kind of liked by everyone. It's designed to trigger people into positive action or into at least thinking about it. Like, oh, I don't like her jumper. Why don't you like mm. it? You know, what so do you like about it? 
So in making these, in making these items that make such an impact, have you, have you had to struggle with self-censorship or like being kind of a, thinking like, oh, that's a little bit too far. Like, I don't want to put that on a shirt or like, how, have you had any hurdles like that as you've kind of gotten started? Definitely. Um, at least, not, well, maybe my own, the hurdles that I've created for myself, not, yeah. I haven't really had any sort of resistance from, yeah. from anyone yet. But um, there is a T-shirt that I have, which is um, it's called the Blueprint T-shirt. And it says it's just like a sort of globe. And it says black is the blueprint, um, Mm. which I love the design of it. Aesthetically love it. uh, Love the sort of message behind it. But I knew that when I put it out, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to. I did get quite a few unfollows, which I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, I could understand why, because it's kind of if you don't really understand the history or the context behind that message, then it's very kind of like, are you trying to say, you know, black people are better or, but I definitely had that kind of, I know that not everyone's going to like this. And then I just consoled myself and I said, well, actually I haven't seen other slogans saying such honest things with so few words. And so I just thought I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there and, you know, if it gets a lot of conversation, then that's a good thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot on my website. Too. Yeah. It's, I was speaking to one of my friends at work about the Eve gene the other day. And it still amazes me that people don't know about that. It's such an important thing to know that our oldest living uh, ancestor 200,000 years ago is a black woman from Africa. Mm. And we carry those genes. We all carry those genes. But that is our last sort of ancestral mitochondrial ancestral gene and we all have that and it comes from her it is it's crazy so yeah I definitely had that kind of thing but also I think with Nada I think one of the reasons I've definitely worn it out before and I've seen people looking and then like kind of okay you know or I've seen I've had people ask me like oh where's your you know your jumper from and that's also cool but I think with that particular design because it's you know, NASA and normally yeah. you kind of think of like space engineers who are male or like yep. astronauts or the man that walks the moon first. I think that might be one of the reasons why it might not be popular with men because I think they see it as that sort of their space kind of thing. And that is the whole play on it because it's about taking up space. I never would have thought of it like that. The way that I interpreted it was that a lot of men don't like being told that they're not owed something. And they really don't like having a boundary put down about the fact that you're not owed women's body, time, attention, etc. They don't like that. That too. too. They, Definitely. They don't care. They don't want it presented to them forcibly. You know, don't remind me of it. I know that this is the newfangled thing that you feminists do or whatever you know but that actually leads me on to a question I was going to ask you about do you connect with the word feminism because it can be really loaded yes I think I mean recently I've been reading about I would definitely say for starters I am a feminist and I believe in equality amongst all genders and all kind of socio-economic classes but yes recently I've been reading a lot about intersectional feminism um, and and also about choice feminism as well. And I think I would say, yeah, intersectional feminism is really important for obvious reasons. It's not just sort of a certain type of women that should have equality or can um, 
are demanding to join the table. A, I think yeah. we should create our own table and not join the table of men. But B, I think, again, you know, once we get to the table, how we behave is really important as well. Are you turning around and saying, can you join me at the table? How, how are these people going to join me at the table? Or is it just kind of, you just wanted to get to the table and you don't really care about if anyone else mm-hmm. had the same journey as you or harder journey. So yeah. uh, intersectional feminism is really important to me. But yeah, recently I, I saw a quote about choice feminism. I'm trying to remember what it said said something about how it's very interesting that there's this sort of third wave of feminism they described it as as you know women saying oh you know all women should be free to you know we should get equality blah 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 and then they'll turn around and see a woman that looks totally different to them or is making very different choices to them or is behaving very differently to them and then they're like well she shouldn't be like this and then it's sort of that there are rules to feminism so um I think that's really interesting as well because it's like you say you want like freedom and stuff but only in in a certain way yeah you Um, have to show up as a woman in the right way yeah. yeah. And that that's very like I, they call themselves trans exclusionary feminists, but they mm-hmm. are not feminists. Mm-hmm. Um and Jenny and I have talked about this a lot as well is any time that you're placing those restrictions on what it is to be a woman or how you show up correctly as a woman, it ties directly into the patriarchy in some way. It, patriarchy and usually white supremacy as well. So those two things go really they're like best friends. They go really tightly together Absolutely. because they yeah. They feed into each other because it's a community of fear and the idea of control and power to some and yeah. controlling and empowering of, of others. So, I mean, now I do want to pick you on the spot, but that was, by the way, an amazing answer. But <laughs> the reason why I was asking was because I love your reels. You do amazing reels and videos, which I really love. Thank you. And because we are on the same sort of time zone, I'm always the one sort of watching and liking but the idea so we say that we are an intersectional feminist we we do our utmost to be intersectional feminists but also there's the um alice walker who is a african-american writer she wrote the color purple um Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other uh, fantastic books but she came not came up with but coined the phrase of womanism Mm -hmm. which we really love whatever you call it it is sort of that i think but that was really good to hear your yeah Uh, and the other thing that i was thinking let me just say it before the words slip out of my mind you know that when that happens sometimes um (laughs) is i i do often find that i'm not really embarrassed to say oh i'm a feminist but i find that when i do especially with people that don't know me they sort of are ready to look for a sort of a gotcha or like find a little oh say well do you do this you know and then if you say well I don't do that and then they're like well so you know you're not a not a feminist so there's there's that as well which I think is quite well another conversation where people want to say well feminism has gone too far and like these movements have gone too far and I was I was a feminist up until like me too Mm. Or things like that. Have you not heard that, Lisa? You're looking at me like I'm an alien. Oh my God. I don't love to tone police feminism because the idea of equality for everyone is so uncomfortable to people with privilege Mm -hmm. because there's this idea, and I think it ties into what you were saying about women not kind of looking behind them when they've made it to the table because they kind of get to the table and they like spread out and take up room. And then they're so afraid that if they move an inch to the right or left, 
to bring someone on that they're going to lose their space because of that idea that um, there's only so many spaces at the table because you're trying to stay at a man's table. Right. And I think that that's how I think that the internalized misogyny and like the patriarchal foundations, they, you know, they're on a crash course with feminism because like the, the ideals of feminism, equality for everyone um, and meeting people where they are and understanding where they are and having respect for people where they are rather than like forcing them into this box that is acceptable in polite society, whatever yeah, yeah. It be, is is problematic for so many people, which is why I think that I, your stuff, because the, and I really liked what you said, like saying as few words as possible, because like the word shirts, like we've had those for a very long, right. And they're just like, sometimes they're fun, but most of the time they're like obnoxious, but like yours are so succinct and eloquent and just like so cool and colorful and beautiful. And just what you're doing is not what I see out there. Like it's very, your stuff is very different and it's just really so well done. So thank you so much. That's it. I mean, how you describe it is exactly what I'm trying to do because there are all these things. I think actually the whole creation of Sasquatch came from, I have all these kinds of opinions, like a lot of people do. And I really wanted to share those opinions with the world and also learn more as well not just kind of like get my opinion out there and then if someone disagrees then it's like block or cancel but more kind of just to start conversations about these things and either I go away and learn something from it or the other person does or we both do um Mm. and so that's kind of where it all started coming from because there are slogans I mean so at the moment there are slogans about feminism I've done some about homophobia in the past I've done I've touched on you know anti-racism black joy touch on anti-diet culture I'm wearing carby today so there are loads of you know topics and I do think that the umbrella over a lot of them is well the root problem umbrella if I can say that over most of these kind of slogans is white supremacy and the patriarchy over every single one and so there's just so much to discuss and that there's often a lot of friction when people are saying you know they put out an opinion and then there's a lot of debate and it can get quite heated easily and I thought how can I get the uh, conversation started because I feel like the conversation is the the bit that happens before all the change like if you can at least get people to think and to talk and to possibly change, then that could be a really cool thing. And so that's kind of where that came from. And then I love efficiency in all areas of life. (laughs) And so I just thought, how can I do each design in as few words as possible, or just kind of one symbol, or, you know, a combination of both, but I really like to keep it super simple. And I really, I'm so grateful that you guys recognize that because I think I have had comments where it's like, oh, it's quite, quite simple design. And I'm like, that's the point. I I find it quite corny when slogan t-shirts have, this is just my preference, but slogan Mm. t-shirts have like an entire paragraph of text. A, it's difficult to read. B, it might come across as preachy, which Mm. puts off the opportunity for conversation and see it's just sort of um I don't know it's a bit naff and I I think like (laughs) that needs to be on a postcard you know a greetings card kind of thing rather than a t-shirt so there's also all of that that I'm focused on as well and also it's uh it's all the kind of clothes are on sustainable materials 
Um, and it's also made sustainably as well, which means that I don't mass produce. So it's all made okay. to order, which puts us in the slow fashion category, but it's Brilliant. always worth the wait. Well, we hope you really enjoyed that conversation with Gonzi. It's a short one this time. We had technical issues, but I think the gist of it is that Gonzi is super passionate about feminism and equity in all things. And she makes incredible, credible clothes. So we hope that you'll check the show notes and follow her and have a look at Sasspatch's website because it's got amazing things on there. You were mentioning that things are made to order because it's super sustainable. Mm. And you were, and which, which shirt do you have? It's amazing. Women owe you nada. And it's on the NASA mm. background. It's really good. Very cool. And it's so soft. Yeah. And so like, I've watched it a few times now. Um, obviously, because I've had it for a while. <laughs> Gross. Um, well done you. I've watched it once. Um, so I've watched it a few times and it's still lovely and soft inside. You know, when, when sweatshirts come and they're like really soft inside and then like once you wash them, that goes, that hasn't happened yet. It's just a really lovely fabric and the pattern is amazing. And like I said, when we were talking with Gonzi, like women love it, men, they, it irks some. And I love that about her designs. They are meant to be thought provoking. They're meant to instigate conversation and they're made to it's made to make people think and it really does Mm -hmm. and and I can't wait to find one of the designs she talked about which I hadn't seen on her website called um black is the blueprint and I just love that I can't wait that's awesome I know it's cool Um, so that's a great segue into our stuff so I don't know if you guys know this but on dearpatriarchypodcast.com our website which you can access through the link in our Instagram bio or just by typing it in you can find our merch that we are now selling so we've got t-shirts bags hats stickers cups stuff all sorts of things Pans, yeah and um you know, these are designs that Lisa and I have been working on for a couple of years now and just really love. And they're kind of on the spookier side of things in in our celebration of Halloween and fall and all things mm. spooky. So check them out. Let us know what you think. We would love to have yeah, our name on your back. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, also, you can buy our book now. And if you like the podcast, you'll love the book. And I think that especially in today's day and age when the patriarchy is so strong and corporations are running most people's lives and they're in the pursuit of the almighty dollar and or pound or I think that combating the gaslighting that we all face in the corporate setting is so, so, so important. And um, the book really helps give you real world examples, not just anecdotal from Lisa's and my experience, but also fact statistics and real studies that I mean, Lisa's bibliography is 30 pages long. Like there's a ton of research that went into this book and it is a fantastic book for you, for the people that you love, for anyone who is kind of languishing under the boot of capitalism and kind of the patriarchy. So think about buying that maybe for folks for the holidays or whatever, but we would love your support on this venture. So check it out, dearpatriarchypodcast.com. As always, if you've got something to say, we'd love to hear from you. Patriarchypod at gmail.com. We're at Dear Patriarchy Pod on Instagram and Facebook, though we were not super active on Facebook, so follow us on Instagram. And Lisa has some great TikToks and reels going up, so check us out 
there as well. Also, I think that this is a really heavy season for a lot of folks. Inflation is tough everywhere and corporate greed is out of control. And there's so much gaslighting going on in the news with this whole concept of quiet quitting. And I've seen articles that are blaming the housing market and like just the the way that housing prices have gone with inflation is due to people buying homes, but that's not really how things work. And the quiet quitting thing, yeah, the quiet quitting thing really... I think people that I think people have realized that their lives are a lot less more are a lot more important than just punching the clock and selling their souls for to make other people money. And there, of course, there's a worker shortage. Millions of people died during the pandemic. That's not yeah. a hoax. So still there is a yeah. and there's still lacking infrastructure for a lot of caregivers mm. um, and, and people that have that type of caregiver role to go back to work. And then if you haven't worked for a while, there's no money to put put little ones in daycare or put, mm. you know, have it have nursing come to your own, which is a yeah. huge luxury. And yeah. I know a lot of people don't have insurance anymore and don't, there's just so much that's going on in the world. And it's such a heavy, heavy time. And I just think that we all kind of just need to be looking at things with our eyes wide open rather than kind of letting ourselves drown under the guilt of all the things that the media and the patriarchy are telling us that we're doing wrong. So one thing that I'm doing in my life is being a lot more mindful about how I spend my time and how I, and how I'm kind of connecting with myself and grounding myself and just exploring more spirituality, not in a religious way, but more in just kind of connecting with myself and nature and being um, mindful of the energy that I'm putting out there and the energy that I'm allowing in my life. So I don't know if that's helpful to anyone, but that's how I'm kind of lightening the load right now. Mm, That's so important. That grounding work is so important. And I think for you and me, Lisa, we're, you know, when you came out to visit for a little short trip for your birthday, happy birthday, Lisa. Um, We took a big whiteboard and wrote down all of our wins Mm. from the podcast and from the website and the book and all the things that we kind of failed to celebrate. And I have the luxury of having the whiteboard in my house. So I get to see it every single day and see all the things that those small wins that we failed to celebrate when they happened because we were driven. So caught up in what Mm -hmm. the corporate world or the, or what uh, capitalism tells you success is. And I guess that's Mm -hmm. keeping an eye, well, knowing, identifying for yourself what success looks like. And that's personal to everybody um and is subjective and is not the same for everybody and taking that as your mark as your mile marker instead of like we need to have like a hundred thousand followers and like need to have this much money in the bank or need to have this kind of a job or need to be doing this this and this it needs to be something Mm -hmm. that is coming from you and not coming from an external source that's telling you these are the things you should be achieving. This is what you should have when you're 30. This is what you should have. There's all of these tropes that get trotted out and they are deeply patriarchal. They are oppressive in nature. They are telling you that you're never enough and what you've achieved is never enough. And isn't and that the struggles you're, yeah. And the struggles you're facing are your fault. Yeah. You're your own worst obstacle. You're your own worst enemy. I mean, how many times do you, mm-hmm. have you heard that said to you over the years? You know, mm-hmm. we're learning so much more about how the brain works and functions under stress, under trauma. You know, 
we're learning so much more about neurodivergence and how so many of us have that in our lives, whether right. it's been diagnosed or undiagnosed, and we're just doing our best to get through the day. And we need to have mm-hmm. grace with ourselves and be kind and patient to ourselves. And Jenny, that practice that you're incorporating into your life and that I'm trying to incorporate into mine of making space to ground and center and be in your body and connect that body to the earth and Mm -hmm. to others um, instead of viewing people as enemies, which is what capitalism and the patriarchy and oppressive systems want you to do. You know, right. We're all interconnected. Yeah. We are stronger together. There's so much divisiveness going on and so many people are just so lonely. So anything else that's, that's helping you out during this time, Lise? What's helping me out these days? Um, these are days. These are days. So when I went to visit you, we watched a show called Instant Dream Home. I don't mm. love shows like that. So the host is Danielle Brooks. She was tasty in Orange is the New Black. And she's just got such a lovely, giving spirit. She's so yep. loving and so welcoming. These families are families that are really struggling to have a home that does what they need it to do for their specific situations. And man, they come in and basically do a 12 hour redo of these homes and they are major. So my background recently is in construction for the last 15 years. So I can appreciate different elements of it that are so difficult to take on. And it's very cool from that perspective, but really the connection of people and being of service to people and uplifting people. It's just a really beautiful show. It really is. It's very much one that fills your cup. Mm, I agree. I I mean, I sob every time I watch an episode of that. But a really cool thing about her, Major, the really cool thing about her is that in addition to being so kind and giving and warm and loving and such an amazing cheerleader for the families that need it. Like mm. she's has a really great gift for meeting the families right where they are and saying mm. just what they need to hear. But also she's so powerful and so intelligent. And so mm. she's just such an incredible woman. And it's so neat to see that coming back on film, you know, it hasn't been edited out her power mm. and her kindness and her intelligence hasn't been edited out. And she's not just some token host. That's a pretty face. She's she, there's so much to her and the edit uh, really allows that to shine through. And that's, she's, she's, a, she's amazing. Every totally. single one, every single one. Mm, yeah. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. We are so honored and blessed that our listener numbers continue to go up. So thank you for those of you who've been with us since the very beginning. And for those of us, those of you that are new, we hope you'll reach out and follow us and Let us know what you'd like to hear about. Once again, this season, we are interviewing amazing content creators, activists, influencers, just folks in the world that we really admire and have been generous enough to give us some of their time. So we're trying to fill up our cups because we are burnt out and a little bit separated from ourselves and we're finding our way back. So thank you all. And uh, as always, love, light and good night. Good night.